Hello, Tony. Good to see you. Good to see you as well, man. Hope you're staying safe and healthy along with your friends and family. Yeah, we're trying here in Boston. Um, appreciate you okay. being here. For, for anyone that hasn't uh, met him before, Lo Tony from Plexo Capital, uh, founder and managing partner. Um, prior to Plexo, Lo was a partner at Google Ventures um, and uh, as well as uh, Comcast Ventures. Um, he's done a lot, a ton of investing, but also held executive positions. So sat on the operating side as well at companies like eBay, Nike, and art.com. Uh, he's been a mentor to a lot of entrepreneurs through Mucker Labs, which is an LA-based seed fund. Um, and really excited to have him here to share his thoughts as, you know, someone that not only has seen what it's like to build a company through turbulent times, but also uh, invest in them. So um, to open up, Lo, would, would love to just hear kind of what your new norm is, how you're getting used to uh, some of the changes. Yeah. So, you know, obviously for me, the biggest one is not being able to go to the gym. So looking to, to build out a, a gym again, I've done it once before. It looks like I'm going to have to do it again. Um, not a problem though. Another way to be able to make sure that one can stay active and build up the immune system. So that'll be a good thing. But for me, I have always preferred to do Zooms anyway as a way to initially meet with a, a fund manager or a company. Obviously, nothing beats meeting someone in person, but this sure. is a happy medium between an in-person meeting and a, and a phone call. So that's the biggest you know, new norm, I think. Also, just really the way that my day is structured is, is a lot different. Um, actually, mainly because of the gym. I would normally do my, my early morning phone calls or Zooms and then uh, eat breakfast and then go into East Coast, right, first, and then eat breakfast, go to the gym, and then do a lot of the West Coast stuff after the gym. Yeah. But now the the day, for the most part, these past two weeks, has really been just making sure that, first and foremost, family is okay. So in my family, everyone is with someone. My oldest went back to to live with my mom so that she would have someone there. I picked up my youngest last week. Um, so everyone has someone. And then it was just kind of checking in on our portfolio. So Plexo yeah. Capital, as most folks know, invests across both LPs uh, as an LP, making commitments to emerging fund managers that are led by a woman or a person of color. And then we source deals we dire invest directly into from our GP network. Yeah. So really just spending time making sure that our GPs and our portfolio of directs are, are first and foremost safe and healthy. And then just talk with them about some of the actions that they can take. Yeah. Spent some time preparing a note to our GPs that we were encouraged to share more broadly. So that's been good to share the knowledge that, that we have based on actually a unique seat of having an understanding with myself on both investing as well as yeah, directly the companies as well as being yeah. an LP. No, I definitely, I look forward to jumping into that a little bit. Let's start on the LP side. You know, as, what is an emerging fund manager thinking right now? How should they be assessing this environment if they were halfway through a raise, starting a raise? You know, what are some of the advice and best practices you're giving to people like that right now? You know, I think number one for the folks, I'd add a third bucket, which is people that were contemplating going out to raise a fund. So if we look at that bucket and then add your two buckets, someone that a fund manager that is maybe in the middle of a raise, and then I might modify it to a fund manager that's just completed a raise. So I think for those contemplating a raise, 
number one, understand that even in a bull market, it's extremely difficult to raise a fund for an emerging manager, especially a first time fund. Right now, when you think about what's happened within the, you know, aside from the devastating impact that this has had on people who have lost their loved ones, friends or coworkers, and the change in, in life for many people, um, this has had a devastating impact on the economy. And at the moment, the main source for emerging fund managers, that being individual investors, high net worth individuals, even to a degree, the smaller family offices, um, they're in shock right now because they're looking at significant declines if they had exposure to the public markets, which most people do. And if you think about how an individual investor might look at their statement, even if they have not realized any losses, they're definitely going to feel poorer, yeah. right? And that's going to impact their decision on do they want to make an allocation to a new fund manager, let alone, you know, people that might have considered allocating to an emerging manager by harvesting some of the gains in their portfolio. Now they're probably rethinking those plans. And I would say that is not only individual investors, but family offices as well. You know, most most first-time funds are not able to raise from institutional investors, yep. but even those that have been able to crack into that world with and start to build relationships, if they haven't started raising their fund, you know, for the most part, this season, you know, the Q1 and Q2 is when LPs that are institutions kind of look at their managers who are coming back for re-ups for a fund one or a fund two. Yep. So they were already kind of busy anyway. And now the prospect of, you know, the level of uncertainty that we have in the market. Um, you know, I think a lot of the LPs that I'm talking to are, are just kind of waiting for a little bit of clarity. Let's talk about just, I think you sit in an interesting seat, you know, one, having built your own fund, but two, sit, sitting at a, a place like Google that, that, you know, certainly will make its way through a market like this, regardless of what happens. You know, what are, what are some of the messages that you send uh, to, to portfolio companies um, as someone that's from a new fund, but still hopefully pretty robust and, and, and someone that can help uh, them throughout this kind of, kind of troubled time? Yeah, we've definitely decided to, number one, we have to remain open for business. I think that's the consistent message across the board for GPs as well as LPs. I think on the, with my GP hat on thinking about our direct portfolio, you know, again, the immediate need was to make sure that people were safe and healthy and then start to talk about how to respond and react um, quickly, but in a measured way. You know, obviously, there's going to be some immediate actions that need to be taken depending on the business model. So for those businesses that have a dependency on the consumer market, have a dependency perhaps on retail locations, the immediate need there is to quickly revise their, their plans and, and look at the levers that they have available to them uh, if you know, we expect a significant reduction in revenues. So what are the offsetting levers they have to reduce their burn? And those are pretty much just you know, people, marketing, uh, maybe there's some, some real estate expenses that are flexible there depending on the type of location they have. So. You know, that's first and foremost. And then, you know, I think it's really important if there are cuts that need to be made to, to staff, clearly communicate as to why those are happening. I mean, everyone will understand, but nonetheless, in these times, people are looking to their CEO, their founder to be the leader 
And I think both, you know, prior to making the cuts communicate that the company's going to take swift, decisive action that may, you know, may include some hard decisions. And then to communicate those decisions to those individuals one-on-one, -on -one, but then to bring the team back together yeah. and talk with the team about the actions that were taken, why they had to be taken, and then giving, I would recommend, an option for a one-on-one -on -one meeting um, for those people that may not want to ask questions in a group setting, because yeah. people will be concerned about their jobs and their future as well. And then I think it's, it's very important to, after those new plans have been created to understand the different scenarios for the different degrees of severity or length of this downturn, to then you know work with investors and i always recommend you know if there is a board of directors you know talk to advisors talk to the board members individually and then get their feedback and then bring them back collectively um, to talk about the plan but there's absolutely a need for clear consistent uh, communication through these times to one's uh, employees customers potentially suppliers vendors and investors that's great and super tactical advice that I'm sure some founders listening will appreciate. Um, let's just talk, run through a quick scenario. You know, as a as a CEO that may be, um, you know, having to raise this year to really get, get to any any sort of next stage in the business. You know, what would your advice be? Do do you go back to existing investors? Do you really just try to you know put put the business as thin as it can through through this? kind of unprecedented time. What, what are some of the things that you think should be put in place for businesses that know that they are going to need cash in the foreseeable future? Right. So once those plans have been created and the investors, the existing investors have been informed, the board's been informed, then it's time to really start to think about, okay, what, you know, what's the extension that we need to our runway? And I would obviously prepare for as long as possible because what we've seen in the past is that you know these these shocks have an immediate reaction but then there's usually you know a downstream reaction as well that you don't you might not see right away right we're going to i believe with this worldwide we will have new norms put in place that will significantly change the behavior of consumers of businesses and so thinking about you know there might be a need for a longer period of time to adjust to these new norms. So making sure that that runway is in place near term is very important, which means that, you know, unless if there was already a dialogue happening with new investors for a new round, you know, go back to entrepreneurs should go back to their existing investors and look at doing an inside round. You know, there, there is, there are some concerns that I have because we do have, since we had such a long, historic period of you know economic vibrancy a bull market i am slightly concerned that we do have a large cohort of entrepreneurs and gps quite frankly that have only seen a bull market in their professional careers absolutely um, or their entrepreneurial careers now that said um, even if they had seen, you know, 08 financial crisis, 9-11, Web 1.0 implosion, or if you're as old as I am, I was interviewing at a brokerage when Black Monday happened in 1987, yeah. right? So even if you have seen any of those, um, this is different, right? But the thing that I do know is that when you have a shock like this, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for people to adjust to the new norms. I think in this case, 
It's going to be, you know, being realistic about valuations and what one can expect about valuations. Um, you know, I, I was talking with a, uh, a founder and they were looking to do a round and they had already gotten started. And so there were already docs in place. And, you know, when I asked the valuation, it was like a 2x step up in valuation from the last round. So my first question was, is that a realistic valuation? And so I think we're going to be in a period of time where it's going to take a little bit for entrepreneurs to realize how severe this is going to be and what that means in terms of the cadence for future financings, the valuations that will be set and the commensurate amount of, that the company will have to give up. Um, even new norms around Zoom being a way to kind of conduct uh, meetings and therefore oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> extending the period of time because as you know you know it's a lot different when you can sit down with someone Absolutely. and physically be across from them and look them in the eye as opposed to looking them in the eye on zoom Absolutely. so you know there's going to be some new norms that we're all going to have to get used to but near term entrepreneurs need to think about doing an inside round um, thinking about how they're going to structure the financing for that vehicle. Are they going to price it? Are they going to do it as a safe? And then being mindful that it's going to take even longer to be able to raise that next round. Think about the change in the business plan, the model, the proof points that need to be in place, and then understand that it's likely going to be, you know, a change in, in valuation. And yeah. right now it doesn't make any sense to go and look for a new investor because most GPs, are circling the wagons as we are on their existing portfolio. Yeah, yeah, and we've heard we've heard that a lot from from a variety of of you know would be sourcers who are who are really shifting a lot of that allocation of time back to the existing portfolio company and doing what they can to help them out. Um, and I would even add to that, and what we've been recommending to our GPs and entrepreneurs should understand the dynamics as well across the you know the stack, right? Is that what GPs are also thinking about or should be thinking about is if they're going to have to focus more on their existing portfolio. And obviously we don't recommend anyone put good money after bad money. So there are going to be some hard decisions yeah. that need to be made. And I don't think entrepreneurs should just assume that a, an investor will come back for their pro rata in a bridge vehicle. Right. Um, each GP needs to make the decision as to whether or not that makes sense, given the prospects for the company now that we've had this significant shock and change. Yeah. Number two, GPs are also thinking about or should be thinking about their reserve strategy. And so where a GP may have had, you know, a certain amount allocated for reserves, um, you know, things might change. And so now they might find themselves having to, you know, increase their allocation for the existing portfolio. So that, has downstream effects for entrepreneurs as they want, as they think about, you know, it's, this is more applicable, not so much to the large multi-stage, you know, billion dollar AUM firms. This is for the smaller firms, like as their calculus changes on reserves, yep. that will impact how much powder they have to put towards, you know, new opportunities as well. Yeah, yep. super helpful. Um, Last one for you and really appreciate you doing this. Um, give us a sense, you know, as a founder, what would your board of advisors look like through a time like this? Who are the types of people that you're going to call um, to sort of circle the wagon, get everyone on the phone and help you make, you know, smart decisions as, as you go through the next couple months of uncertainty? Yeah, I hope that entrepreneurs have already done that work. You want folks 
that have seen uh, cycles. Yep. I think that's very important because even though it's not one size fits all, um, there is this sense that people that have been through cycles have this calming effect because they were able to get to the other side. Yep. Right. So I think that's really important for folks to understand there is going to be another side for this. And we'll see, just as we do in all cycles, we'll see a generation of companies, a cohort of companies that will come out of this as yep. some of the leading companies, right? And then to also have a group that really is empathetic. I always appreciate having not only investors that have that type of perspective, but also operators. Because as you know, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's nothing like having someone across the table or across the Zoom that has been in your shoes before. Yep. Because they'll have empathy for the hard decisions that you need to make. I talked to one of our portfolio CEOs today and you know, obviously they had to, to make a you know, reduction in staff. And you know, I knew that that was gonna be hard because that person treats their people like family. Yeah. And so you know, I, I first was, hey, you know, I, I know that must have been very difficult. Yeah. I've had to do it myself at a, both a big company and at a startup where I was CEO. So I, was, I had empathy for what he had to do. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, Low Tony, founder, managing partner from Plexo Capital, Always appreciate you being here and uh, really good to see you, brother. Good to see you as well, man. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too.